Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 429 of the Drunk Podcast. I'm your host, on Tyler, and join me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Dude, I am freaking tired, but at the same time, I feel pretty good because I've been playing a lot of Mass Effect. Samesies, samesies. Let's, let's, let's talk about it, you know? Might Fuck as well, it. you know? Let's just go into it. Let's just skip a lot of the rigmarole stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. doing good. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It is it's Saturday. It's good night as always, as I as I'm the one that coined it. It's a good night to fight. Yeah. No one else said it before me. Um, it's patented by me. Um, I was supposed to work today. Didn't end up having to work. That's awesome. Wow. Uh, so it just gave me more time for fucking Mass Effect. So it's been go. pretty great. Uh, Gables, um, yes. I have finished Mass Effect One. It took me about 23 hours. I did all of the I, I I did all but one side mission and I still didn't hit the level cap. The level cap was thirty. I was really close to level twenty nine, um, and uh, now I, I am a little over twenty hours into Mass Effect Two. I'm at level twenty. Uh, I've gotten everybody in my group except for one person, and I'm now I'm working on everybody's. I've done a handful of loyalty missions. I've done a few side stuff. I've just been doing a little probing. I probed Uranus, which was pretty fun. It's a funny thing when they when when that. Forgot when you could do that in that game. Yeah, and it's like what's funny is you probe it, but the the planet's already been de- depleted. People don't know Mass Effect Two. You get you need resources to like upgrade your 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 gear and like your ship and all that. Yep. And you got to go probe uh, planets and stuff, and like they have all these different resources. It's it's a dumb little mini game. I usually just pop a podcast on, and I'll just like, well, I'm gonna spend a half an hour and just probe a bunch of places. But you go to and it'll tell you if it's rich or moderate or good. And I got to Uranus. It already says depleted. I'm like, I gotta do it. I gotta, I gotta prove it. So I, it's like, it's like Captain. Seriously, that's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm. It, it's funny. Like I said, I, I put. It took me 23 hours to beat Mass Effect One. Um, I didn't do everything. There's a bunch of like, there's a lot more stuff you can like do as far. I beat the all the main side missions except for one. I, I said, but I fucked that one up. You had to like, it was it's the the fan side quest. Oh, you go back to the one, Citadel. Yes. So you have to go back to the Citadel three times to talk and like find the guy and talk to the guy. I did it twice, but I, the second time was right before the end game, so I couldn't go back and talk to him for the third time. Um, and that was the only. Day. And then there's a bunch of like you could find a bunch of like dog tags and like re, like artifacts that it's you got. It's basically just drive the make go around, which is the worst part of that game. Um, and I didn't want to do all that, so I, I said it, basically the only way to get all of to get the level cap thirty. Was to do all of that. I'm like, no, I'll just I'm moving on to Mass Effect 2. But uh, where are you at, Gables, with Mass Effect? All right, so here's the thing. I spent a little bit more time in the, the original Mass Effect 1 as you did. I actually spent like around close to 31, 32 hours. What and the I, fuck? I actually went through and completed the game. I got the platinum for it. I seen that. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you to bring it up. I saw. <laughs> I I'm like, oh, I want to see how Gables is doing. And I saw like you, like like on PS5, it shows total hours. It was like 37 hours. I'm like. What the fuck? Really? Because <laughs> I was like, on Monday I looked and you were like three hours and I was like 28. And I'm like, okay, well, Gables has done the, he's done the, the tutorial, whatever. Cool. And then I, I, I haven't looked since then. This is like, I said, Sunday or Monday. And I look back and like, I go look at his trophies. I'm like, that motherfucker. He got, he got the fucking platinum. I, so I was looking at the trophies. Like, I got all of them, but like, um, the only trophies I didn't get are the ones where it's, uh, like do biotic twenty five times. I'm playing a soldier. So yeah. do you have to play as like a biotic person to get the to get those trophies? No. Here's what ended up happening here. When it comes to 
I'm stunned. I thought you had to play as a as a biog person. I okay. No, you don't because a lot of the stuff comes in regards to the different types of characters you go through and develop. Like for example, Caden has the narrow shock stuff, right? But if you yeah. want to do something like say singularity stuff, you know, Liara has the singularity stuff that you can go through with that as well. So it's like yeah. what I ended up doing is I My had girl. multiple save files, right? Mm-hmm. What I ended up doing. When I finished off against the main game and stuff and beat the game, I went back to a previous save file before going back to, say, doing the Pharos and then Navaria, or the Navaria, mm-hmm. like, uh, missions, right? Before doing that. Because before I even ventured into doing those missions and those planets, I got every, every duck in a row here. I got Liara, found her and stuff, did a lot. Actually, I did the vast majority of the freaking side quests and stuff. Which yeah. got me quite a bit of levels since I was still doing that the legendary like uh, leveling up method to where it was one to thirty instead of the one to sixty. Yeah, and I was doing the same. I got the twenty eight. I couldn't get the thirty. I had gotten everything besides like four different trophies and stuff, not including like the platinum. So it's like what I really needed to unlock was let's see, it was the narrow shock one. I remember that the singularity one was another, but it's also. God, I'm trying to remember exact, but it was basically trying to get all those done. And mm-hmm. the last trophy ended up unlocking. I had to go to a previous save file that I had, go all the way to Pharos, go through that opening section and stuff. And I basically had Caden in my party. Went and I found, ended up discovering that you could actually save your game and then, like before encountering a certain enemy, and then reload from the last save point, then go through it again and do that and grind that way. It didn't really take too long to, in order to make the achievement pop, but I had to do this narrow shock thing like twenty five times before the thing unlocked. So you just gotta like, cause you can you can do the pop up and like yep. tell them you can make can make them command them to do stuff. Yep. That counts. Yep. Fuck! I never actually, did it that. Does, oh. Actually, it does count. Let me tell you something. I didn't know that. Okay, Unlocking so the platinum for the original Mass Effect is not hard at all. It's actually I would rate it like maybe like a five or so out of ten in that regards because it's there yeah. are some bit of, there is some bit of effort and there is some bit of things you can do that's kind of a little bit challenging, a little bit repetitive for someone to want to go through yeah. and do. But if you want to do it and sit down and do it, it's actually fairly simple to do. Yeah, because really, I mean, ninety percent of it is beat the game. Right. And then there's like you know, I think you got to find all the races, and then do like the special powers twenty five times. Now here's the thing that's going to be very easy to miss if you're trying to attempt to get the platinum trophy for the original Mass Effect on the PS4 or through the Xbox One, get all the achievements or that. There are a couple missable trophies. One, if you haven't discovered. If you haven't discovered all of like the codec entries, stuff like the alien mm. races, the unidentified ones, I mean, you're not going to get it to pop. I found out, yeah, there's 13 races, like 13 alien yeah. races. That was one of the trophies that never popped for me because I had forgot to go back to the Emporium to talk to the Hanar, like shopkeeper oh. inside the Citadel, yeah. and I forgot to speak. The only, <laughs> the only person that. The only two people in the Citadel I'd never spoke with up until after I beat the game. The Hanar, by shopkeeper, and the Elcor diplomat. Both of those people. Yeah, which I did like, right away. Yeah, because they're in the Citadel, like, the like in the next room in the Citadel. Yeah, so you don't have to find all the codex. You just got to talk to all, like, Absolutely, one person yeah. from each race. Yeah, because I, I didn't, because I, 
Yeah, I got that one. I just thought that. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize you could miss that one. But I got like I said, I did all this. If you do all the side quests, you're gonna you'll get it basically. But exactly yeah, you realize, the game. I mean, for a like I said, I, I think I'm missing like six or seven, and it's all the ones where you use the like the powers. So fuck, I need. I'm gonna go back. Well, that's the thing, man. If you use all the that, powers, man. if you had multiple save points instead of like going all the way back, because here's the thing: you don't have to create another shepherd in order to try to get that stuff done. I thought I had to up until mm-hmm. I figured out. Oh, hey, once I level up Liara's like specific stat, she actually unlocks Singularity, and I can actually use Singularity without having to make another shepherd. And then it's like, yeah. Caden had the Neuroshock stuff. Obviously, the barrier and, like, the warp and this and that, you know, they're fairly simple to go through and get those things to proc. They are kind of a shell of what they were originally when the original Mass Effect released because instead of 25 times, you had to do that 75 times. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing. That was one of those... That was one of those caveats with the original Mass Effect where they wanted you to earn a lot of those achievements since early achievements back then, they were more... They were more of like a badge of, see, this is what I fucking did over this way, you know, yeah. that way. Yeah, you got to work for it. Exactly. Well, so in so in Mass Effect 1, you can't see like the counter of like, you know, you, there's like different trophies. Like there's like trophies that like comp- you like, there, there's like the each game has its own separate trophy list. And there's right. a main trophy list that has like 10 different trophies, that, but like it accumulates over all three. So when you go look at your trophies and like to see how many times you've done something, and Mass Effect 1, you can't see, like, the counter. It just says, do it 25 times. When you play Mass Effect 2, it'll show you. So, like, with a trophy for killing 2,000 enemies, it'll show me, you've killed 1,700 and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I, I was looking, and, I, I like, I'll tell people in Mass Effect 2, it's definitely, I'm using it more often where I'm telling my characters, like, use Overlord or use this thing, and it doesn't count on the, on the thing. So I'm wondering if that doesn't work in Mass Effect 2 because it still says I've done zero times and all that. Hmm, that's interesting. When it comes to specific counters, I basically had to go through and guess how many times in the original mm. Mass Effect where yeah. the character used what type of ability a finite number of times until it yeah. took me having to do the whole thing of saving at a specific point before going into a battle, reloading it, and then using that type of ability. Because waiting for your character to charge takes a lot longer than just saving it before the encounter, reloading it up to there, and then you can just blast out like uh, three or four different abilities in the span of like I want to say five maybe seven minutes so if you really wanted to get these trophies or achievements unlocked they're fairly simple to do a lot of the trophies inside the list of the of this version of Mass Effect it's just okay just do five missions with each character yeah essentially. that was super easy that was super easy Let's the see. Metagel one is the only one I didn't get either. We have to use a Metagel 50 times. We have to heal now, you see, I 50 did times. That because I yeah. got myself into particular into certain like oh. situations and stuff where it's like, okay, I'm rushing it over here. I got to use the Metagel stuff. It wasn't until towards the late game where I was like, you know what? I need to use some more of these Metagels because I got fucking maxed oh. Metagel with all this shit. Yeah. Got to start using well, this stuff. I, I So what I did in the first game, so I, I mean, jumping into the actual game itself. So Mass Effect 1, we both beat it. Um What's funny is so when I played the so I talked about last week the first like ten hours of the game I played was like I, I spent like five hours just on the Citadel and the next five hours I went to every single planet and I just did all I did all the side missions that were all the planets that I could do at that point and I kept going back and as I was getting new missions I go back to these planets and doing more side missions so the first like it took me twenty three hours to beat the game yes and I would say twelve of those hours as maybe not nah, probably less than that. 
probably like 10 of those hours is just doing side missions. But I, like I said, I did 80% of 80% of the side stuff in the first half of my playthrough. Right. So I was super over leveled going through like the main game. So when I got to like actual, like, cause the side missions are pretty easy. They're, and they're pretty, they're not very, they're pretty, they're not long, very long. Honest. And they're like reusing a lot of assets and buildings over and over again. Um, so I got to, once I got to like the later actual, like main game, when I started playing through that, I was so overpowered. I was never having to heal. It's just like, I, like I had maxed out my inventory. I had maxed out my money. So I couldn't sell shit because I was like I could sell shit. But I wasn't getting any money for them. There was I had all the top gear. It's it's so much. It's so funny how like the improvements from one to two are where it's like Matt, like the whole like the the upgrading system for your um your like your gear and adding on stuff to it is like kind of broken. The buying stuff is kind of like it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And it's kind of like I said it's like if you just you getting so much money from doing it's like I, I I find a codex and like. So the max you can get is like I think ten million dollars or something like that, right. and like, I'm doing like I'm finding a codec. Here's forty thousand dollars. I'm like, all right, I max I max out my money like fucking seven hours ago, but okay. Yeah. And like I'm getting I'm like you're finding like all these like just all these like lockers sitting around, like and they'll give you five fucking things. You can only carry three hundred, and it's like it's telling you, like you you are you are maxed out. Now it's can convert everything to Omni Jail, which I have. Max out my army jail, so it's like I'm just. There's no point in me doing any of this shit. But I mean, it's so funny how that works out. But I mean, all right, going back, to, anyways, going to the main game itself. So I beat it now. I was pretty. I was 20 hours in last week. I thought I had a lot more to do, and then like Sunday morning after, like the morning after we recorded, I, I sat there and I just plotted. I was like, oh, I'm at the last two missions. I didn't realize that. Like I said, it took me 23 hours to beat it. Uh, you put about 30 hours in. Yeah. Um, kind of going through it, you know. Playing, looking at 2021 lens compared to like playing a game from 2007. What was your what was your main thoughts on the game? All right, from playing the game now as opposed to when I first played it. My gosh, there are definitely a lot of things I could remember me liking about the game back then, and there are some of the same feelings I feel now. Only I feel like now, I feel Mass Effect overall is like a good game but not yeah. like, say, a great game in that regards. And here's why. I feel like the best portion, the best feature of the original Mass Effect is how in-depth and how versatile the story is and the character development. That is fantastic. That is, honestly, no question to that to me. But yeah. when it comes down to it, there are still, there are definitely a lot of flaws and a lot of issues with this game that uh, I remember going through back then and not enjoying and there were things I started to recognize, actually, new things I was starting to recognize, where it's like, okay, like you were just touching on before, previous asset flips and stuff. You're going through the same, like, two or three different, like, areas for an inside of a base when you're doing mm -hmm. a lot of these side missions, or when you're going through the, the Mako and stuff, and you're exploring all the different terrains throughout the worlds and just getting a whole bunch of the different, like, uh, turn, like, fill up the different types of stuff, like the Turian emblems, the, the little metal stuff, and all that stuff. You know, that, you know, exploring the terrain and stuff was fine in the original Mass Effect, collecting a lot of different things, discovering that. I actually enjoyed that. But when I actually had to go through the different bases, and I still had to go through, like, the same couple of different, like, outlooks of different, like, asset flips, quintessentially reused asset flips, pretty much. That started to become a little bit more repetitive. 
And I'll tell you what did come. And I'll tell you what else became repetitive was the squad based, but the gameplay of it. I mean, the gameplay of it in comparison to two. Honestly, it's night and day because I know it feels like a clunky, a clunky third-person shooter at times where yeah. you take cover, you try to take cover, right? But your ally teammates sometimes will die, especially if, like, even if you have, like, placed in specific corners or something like that, even if you move past them, they'll try to follow, they'll try to follow you in some aspects. Oh, yeah, they're so stupid. Yeah, they definitely are. And that's why when I started this playthrough, I set them up for me to uh, control pretty much their entire thing so that we're not like super defensive oh, or super okay. offensive or something like that. You could change that from the offset. Yeah, I just let it so they can do whatever they want it, basically. Yeah, I found that in the past. When I try to have them do whatever they wanted and stuff like that, that's how they pretty much died consistently. <laughs> but, uh, makes a lot of sense. At least in this playthrough, I didn't notice that as much. I mean, yeah, they would still die if uh, they get uh, like attacked very often or whatsoever. I'll tell you what was a little bit annoying was the weapon cooldown stuff, especially when you yeah. had to play against the last form of uh, Saren after he was he was repified pretty much. Yeah. That beam where you automatically have your weapon or something like that overheat, I was hit like about... I kid you not, like five to seven times with that damn thing. I had to repeat that boss, that form of the boss battle again. It took like maybe two attempts at that. But it was because I kept having my weapon overheat by being hit by that stupid beam of his and then blah, blah, yeah. blah. But, uh... So I, 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 I didn't run into that very often because I kept... I Because you, 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 like, get, like, the top gear, you can add... You can have, like, four slots you can add to, like... At upgrades, like, make your weapon more powerful. Because, like, in this game, like, you don't have, like, you don't reload. There's no reload. You just have this bar that fills up. Or, like, if you shoot too much, it overheats and you got to wait for it to cool down. Yeah. Or you can shoot, you can just do, like, little controlled bursts, like, with your assault rifle. And let it kind of, you know, even it out so it'll, it'll cool down faster. So I was using my upgrades a lot because I had so many extras of everything. Yep. I would, like, so I'd have four slots. I'd use two for, like... You know, one would be like, oh, it does more damage. And this one, yeah. and then another one does incinerator damage. And then the other two was like, it would make the cooldown way easier. Yeah. So like my, like I had my max out. Like, so I was, I don't like, I mean, I definitely, if I held it down, it would, it would do that. But like my assault rifle was like so OP that like, I, I never, I almost, at, by the end of the game, I was no longer worrying. Like that, that, that was kind of my problem. Like, like I said, with, with me was like. You know, like you said, you're like getting yourself in those situations, like where you're like, oh, I got like I'm kind of getting fucked up a little bit here, and it's like for me, it's just like, I I did like I did the worst thing you could possibly do in these games, where you just do all the side shit, get all the best shit too early, and then like the second game, and like the game, like the like you said, the gameplay doesn't it it wasn't really great at the time, and it's definitely not great now. It wasn't even really, it's okay, you know, it's not bad, but it's okay. You know, nowadays, and even still, like, 2010, 2013, playing Mass Effect 2 and going back, it's good, you know? But, like, it definitely, like, if you, like, it's, the game, the gameplay is already not super awesome, and then when you're just, like, mindlessly killing things in the same two areas over and over again, yep. and it's like, I don't even have to think about it, I don't know, I'm just, like, I'm so overpowered, and it's just, like, pop on the wall, shoot a couple times, like, my shield's maxed out, everything's maxed out, it's just, but like... But what I can say is they didn't really they didn't really last a hell of a long time, especially during the side missions. I mean, a lot of the side missions, yeah. you just pop into the base, you kill whatever and stuff, and then you just leave. Yeah. There were some story missions, the story element stuff that you would 
go through and see, like, uh, the one lady that wanted you to kill these two merc groups or something like that, and you ended up doing that, and you ended up convincing her to disband the freaking, uh, the, the freaking gang or something like that. Yep, yep. That was one of those things and stuff where I felt that was more or less worthwhile. Like, uh, like, uh, what was that one? Bringing Down the Sky or something like that. That DLC. Bring, bring, bring down, yeah, the, the one DLC we got from Aspect 1. Fantastic. I thought it was fantastic. And especially yeah. when you had to go through and, like, uh, you pretty much talked down that Batarian, like, uh, the leader of that gang or something like that. Yeah, you can let him walk. Yeah, you let yeah. him walk and stuff. You pretty much had him let him walk or else he would have killed a lot of the different people that were working at that station. So this is, I got to cut you off real fast. I'm so sorry. I played through this and I saved before the final thing. I, I yeah. just save every now and again just because I had a few crashes so far while yeah. playing it, and only only three and forty hours, um, four over forty hours of play playing time. But uh, so you get to a section, you get to the section where like either like you let this. So he's trying to crash an asteroid into a planet, like to destroy the planet. Uh, so spoilers for this DLC, but it's fantastic. Just play it anyways. Um, and it gets to the point where he has a bunch of hostages and he has, has a, a, a bomb in there. He's like, all right, you either let me walk or I'm going to kill all these hostages. So you can either fight him and kill him or he just blows up all these hostages. So the first time I'm like, I'm going to call his fucking bluff. I don't think he's going to kill him. So oh, I no. picked the renegade option and I'm like, fuck, fuck you. You ain't going to, you ain't going to do it. You fucking blew him up. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> I'm like, whoops! So I fucking restarted it and one time because I never, I never like attempted it the first time. I was just like, whatever, because I already beat Mass Effect One the first time. I, I, I did it. I went back. The DLC came out like a year later. And I'm like, oh shit! He, he does it. All right, cool. I need to go. So I immediately restarted, played through the whole. Like it sucked. I mean, not sucked, but it was like the final fight is like 15 minutes. I played the whole yeah. section again, and I'm like, and then I picked the. the a good option but yeah it was like the one time where i was like oops <laughs> go on i'm sorry though <laughs> oh my gosh yeah bringing down the sky that that dlc definitely was fun from the original mass effect i let him walk obviously and so my playthrough because of how the trophy structure is i just basically went with what i went with the original thing and i was straight on paragon and i yeah. pretty much had close to about 100 percent paragon for my playthrough as i could <laughs> With the yeah. exception of like uh, letting the council die. <laughs> oh, you let him die? Okay, I, yeah. I did save them in the that's, end. That's what I did in the original playthrough because it's like, I, okay, mm-hmm. well, it's either kill the Reaper now or let the council die <laughs> and kill the Reaper later. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know because like, it, and so in Mass Effect Two when it starts off, because like I felt kind of shitty. It was it was a good option. And I'm playing through and the good this good guy, and I'm trying to do 100 percent pretty much for the most part, um, at least in the first one. And like it, it was the it was the only reason I did it was because I didn't want to, but it, you know it was the good option. So I'm like the Paragon option. I'm like okay, yeah. I'm just gonna do it. But I don't I don't agree with it. But I'm gonna do it. But uh, it does actually like the, in Mass Effect Two they bring up and this is like very early in the game, so not really a spoiler. They talk about when it's like, well, you picked the council over all these people. It was like, well, that council ship had ten thousand people on it. The people that like three hundred people died to save the council ship. That ten thousand. I'm like. Okay, well, they kind of fixed that in, in two, where it's like, okay, it makes more sense now. Because it's like, before it's like, either you can let this whole crew, like all of these ships die, like they get blown up, or you can save this one ship that has three important people on it. It's like, that's stupid. Why would I want to do that? But I'm like, <laughs> know, it's a positive option. So they, in two, they kind of fix that, where it makes more sense to why you did it. But go ahead. Oh, my gosh. Um, let me tell you, though. 
<clears throat> I did like a lot of the weapon mechanics inside of Mass Effect 1 where you could equip, say, a Cinerary, Cryo, or even types oh, yeah. of, like, the Acid type of weapons, especially the modifications for the suit, and, like, depending upon what type of item, like, weapon you got, you either had one to three different, like, slots that you can put modifications in. The problems that I had with it you would get so many of these modifications and weapons through hacking through, finding things across all the worlds that you would exp like to explore. Literally, I had the issue where I'd find the setup that I want, and then not even like five minutes later, I get a better version of that same weapon that I had. Because I had went through, had full, full decryption, full electronic things, like with Tally. Because Tally was one of the mainstays I had in my entire playthrough of Mass mm -hmm. Effect 1. Of course. With uh, switching between either Garrus or Liara, which... Fuck, that's what I did in the original game. Garrus and Liara was my, was my main my main crew. Mm. Yes, yes, I could see why, though. It's definitely... Definitely balances thing out, you know, because Garrus had more of a combat experience, Liara's more biotic and stuff. Well, it's more so Garrus has the fuck of a face and... Uh, the R has a, has a nice ass. <laughs> but uh, what was kind of hilarious about the whole weapon stuff is like it just made me realize how fucking pointless it was having that system in place where you had options to go through and upgrade your weapons in that regards. But when you've got so many of these different weapons and yet you're switching through and you're constantly having to go through the menu and delete the previous weapons, all these sets mm -hmm. that were supposed to be for, like, five or six characters, you only use maybe, like, three or four of them at yeah. all at any time and stuff, it became much of a chore having to go through because then, again, you would get a limit of, like, 300 things you can carry at one time, an encumbrance sort of thing. And I only had it happen once where I had to... I actually had over 300. I had to manually delete these stupid fucking weapons. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was just buying shit at the store, so I, then I could sell shit because I was at the cap. I didn't want. I'm like, it's a stupid thing. Like, I don't need to buy anything, but also I need to sell shit because, like, I'm getting better gear out in the wild, but I have all this other gear that I'm not using. But I'm also maxed out, so I was like, it was just weird. Like, so I'm I'm buying a bunch of shit to just turn around and sell a bunch of shit for way cheaper. So I'm not like wasting money by selling it, but I'm also maxing. It was really stupid. Like the last like five hours of the game was like, this is what I was dealing with. Where, like I was, everything was maxed out. My my gear, my my inventory, my money, my omni gels. It's like it, it definitely. You could tell this is like the first action game they ever made. Like they yeah. made, uh, st the was Star Wars: Night of the Old Republic, but that was more of like a turn-based game, right. and a strategy game. And like so, they use a lot of the RPG mechanics. Of, it's, it's, this game is very the first one's more, way more focused on the RPG side than it is the, the action side. Yeah, so you can tell then, when what things are not flushed out in that regards. But yeah. I found this, I found that like buying stuff at the shopkeepers and stuff really didn't have any point either because the only no. things you would buy from that, well, the things that I've mostly bought from it was the licenses for the yeah, the that's ship only... in order for me to sell. Or to buy yeah. stuff from, but at the same time, it's like I hardly ever used him as well because things mm -hmm. kept getting maxed out from the Omni Gel stuff to getting consistent weapons and stuff. It defeated the purpose of going to a shopkeeper and going through and getting the things that you needed for the different prices. It's yeah. like that's, in my opinion, kept it from becoming like a bit like better in regards to it because it's like not only do a lot of the side missions, yeah, you don't have to go through and complete them though, but there are 
they are necessary if you want to get the most like impact in regards to what you're going to do for the final game because you need those points in order to get enough either pentagon like paragon or like renegade stuff in order to make these decisions at the end portion of the game so those if those things were fleshed out like say if it was say how mass effect 2 was in that's current form inside the original mass effect 1 it would have been a hell of a lot better of a game in terms of accessibility and also in terms of conscientiousness of a player's time because a lot of the times that you would spend playing the original mass effect a lot of the time would be inside the mako going through exploring things yeah. and all of a sudden gathering resources and stuff i was okay with that the things that i wasn't okay with was going through the repetitive bases over and over again collecting a lot of different weapons that i just didn't need and yeah then, like even if I did collect a lot of the materials I did need and I try to sell it back, getting useful items at the shopkeeper, say like at the Citadel or even on my own ship through one of my crewmates, it's like it served no purpose. In yeah, that no, that was, my, that was my main issue for me was I wanted to level cap because yeah. the higher level you are, the more money, the more Paragon, whatever, the, the better you start off in, yeah. in Mass Effect 2 and then so on to 3. And so I was wanting to get the level cap and all that. And like, so I was doing all the side missions to try to get the level cap. But then like you're, that's where you're collecting all this un, unnecessary shit. And so it was like, and then you got to drive the Mako. You get to the Mako, and the Mako is just not fun at all to drive. No, it's, and, it's probably a little weird still to drive. They said they improved the yeah. controls of that damn thing, but no. It basically, it just goes the direction of the damn control stick that you have and to it, go through. It's so, spin. like, floaty, and it, like, it flips, and then, like, sometimes it lands on its, on, like, it flips over, and then you got to restart the game because it can't flip over automatically I've done that, you. did that once, but yeah, there I, were times multiple times. Yeah, I flipped it, and it's supposed to automatically roll back over, but then it just no. lands on its top, and you just got to reload it. And then, like, so yeah, when you go to it, like, to do side missions, you, you, you go on these these planets, and you got to drive to each location. And yep. a lot of it's mountainous locations, and it's just fucking, like, forcing your way up. It's like bad Breath of the Wild, where it's like just all the worst parts of Breath of the Wild, but ten times worse. Where it's like, oh, I got I, maybe I can get up there. And you, you get to the tippity top, but you run out of stamina and breath of the wild, and you fall all the way back down. It's that, but all the fucking time in in the Mako, and it's just trying to like trying to get this thing between fifty mountains. Mm. There's a thing in the bottom, thirty in, and you got, then you got to go all the way around. It's just it it sucks. And then they get they got to drive all the way to a base. Like you're literally driving five minutes to get to a base to do a two minute mission. Man, I'll tell you this right now. It's like with when you do complete certain missions, even like side missions and stuff, with the exception of maybe one or two times, you had to backtrack all the way from where you were at, all the way back up to the Mako, and then press yeah. like the X or whatever the hell button to get back to the fucking Normandy and stuff. And that was ridiculous. What's really stupid, so you're playing a game that's in space, and you literally have uh, the the mass relays that can make you go faster than the speed of light. Yep. All right? Faster than light technology is what we're talking about here. Yeah. And... You'll be, you'll be doing side missions. You'll find this, like, data pad that explains, like, so-and-so's sister disappeared. And you find this data pad that says, oh, she died. And, like, so you want to go tell this person. Yep. So you want to tell this person, oh, your sister died. So, like, she's trying to find her sister. And instead of just being able to, like, I, I am 50 light years away. Instead of just me, like, going through in a messenger and saying, hey, we have this technology where I can talk to you. Like, it's Skype. We're... Gables and I are talking right now with like a, a less than second delay. These guys are light years away from each other. 
and we can't send an email to like say, hey, I found this data pad. Sorry, your sister's dead. No, I gotta fucking travel all the way. And it's like it, it it's like it, it it's way better now because in, in the original in 2007 Mass Effect, this I mean the loading times were ungodly. It would take you if yeah. I wanted to travel to another system and then travel to pick that system, then pick that planet and then go through the loading screen and landing on that planet and then walking to the go talk, go find that person to go talk to that person and tell them what happened would be a 10, 15 minute thing. This is only two minutes, but it's still like seven steps of unnecessary. Like just let me send her a fucking email or let me video call her. Cause that's what I'm after every main mission in the story. I just talk to the Citadel or the council like they're they're in a hologram right in front of me. Yep, I could do much. that, but I can't send an email on this bullshit mission that doesn't matter. It's like you're just gonna give me more credits that I don't I don't get, and I'm just gonna give me all I care about is the XP. And what the the thing you get the least amount of in this entire game is XP. Yep. They give you a million credit for wiping your ass, but you kill a fucking thresher ball that will kill you in one goddamn hit. That takes an hour to kill. Not an hour, like five minutes to kill, and they give you fucking two goddamn XP. But you you you, you fucking find a data pad on the ground. Here's six million dollars. I don't need six million dollars. I need six million XP points. Give it to me, God. Which is anyway the reason why I went with the legendary leveling. Yes, you know, so that God. Way, I one can, to thirty as yeah. opposed to one to sixty. Because when back in the day it was one to sixty, it was a fucking slog. Yeah, because you had to beat it. You had to beat it twice. Yep. To get to level sixty. Yeah. And not only beat it twice, but also do a bunch of side shit. Because I I beat Mass Effect one twice, and I never got to the level sixty cap. I actually never. I didn't even get to like. I got the to like fifty four or fifty five. Because yeah. I only got to level twenty eight, finished up the different things that I wanted to go through and do, and that was pretty much. Yet, in that regards, the last one I did was unlocking the neuroshock thing from, like, what Caden was going through and doing. So, yeah. I ended up going to that section inside of Pharos and stuff where you get to face off against this alpha, like, a Varen and stuff. And I just grinded that. And I got it. Got the Platinum Trophy plopped, popped and stuff. But, you know, in closing for the original Mass Effect, it's like, I still feel like that parts of that game hold up fairly well. Oh, yeah. The story, the character <laughs> development inside that stuff. A lot of the different atmosphere is just good. We just bitched for 20 minutes about this game. And we're like, no, this game's great. <laughs> I just love that. It, it really is. It's one of the greatest games of all time. But it's just like everything that's not the main game is just not very good. Exactly. <laughs> if you, I, 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 uh, Like finding the codex, like reading the codex in this game. I read, I read, read them all again. I, I read them in the fucking guide. When I bought the game at launch, mm-hmm. I read them all at the time when I beat the game for the first time. I read them all again when I beat the game a second time. I read them all again now. And it's like the world is so fucking cool when you find these new species, learn about them, learn about like all this shit going on. And then and just the, the main story, the, the main bad guy, all that is fucking awesome. But it's just everything else is oh. not fun. Let me ask Go you ahead. and stuff. When it came to talking against Saren for that final encounter and stuff. What happened when you went through and talked with him like before that uh, final battle? Oh, I, I got him to, to do the thing. Yeah, I actually did too. And that was okay. something I never did I, back in the day. Cause, I uh, didn't either. I Because my, my first time I beat the game yeah. ever, I just flew through the main game. 
So like that's why like I had a care I had a character that died, I couldn't save him because I didn't I didn't get I didn't get my Paragon level up high enough that he died, and so it's funny like this is my first time playing through it again, doing a bunch of side shit, getting my my Paragon and all that stuff up behind it for him. Save I saved one one character, uh, and I got Saren to to do something in this game that saves you just. Uh, not much, but it saves you. It's, it's an interesting choice it saves that he you makes. Boss battle, let's just say that. Yeah. Well, you, you, instead of two kind of man boss battles, you only have one final boss fight, battle. But um, it's it's kind of like the end of Breath Breath of the Wild in a way, where like you play, like if you if you go to all four sections and like you you basically just like it's kind of the same idea where like the final boss is just not really a lot easier. It's just there's less to it. Um, which is a good thing because that, that's like the weakest part is probably the final battle of that of that game. Um, but we're like forty minutes in. We haven't, we just we've only talked about Mass Effect One, Mass Effect um, Two, <laughs> Mass Effect Two. Let's talk about Mass Effect Two now, Gables. Uh, I'm a little over twenty hours in. Uh, I, like I said, I got all of the crewmates on my team except for one, um, but you can't get them until I believe till the very very end. Right. Uh, I'm done. Like the all then they all on top of that all have their own loyalty missions. I've done three or four of those. I've been doing a bunch of the side quests. Um, I how far? I'm, I should ask before we get into it. How far are you in Mass Effect Two? All right, I started Mass Effect Two yesterday. I think I have about three or four hours into that game currently. I okay. after platinuming Mass Effect One, I kind of took a little bit of a breather. Played a little bit of Mass Effect Two like yesterday. I did play plenty of it this morning before going to work, but uh, I am at the point where I have recruited. Morden, I've also recruited Garrus and the Archangel stuff. I thought it was pretty oh, cool. So I thought it was really cool in regards to that yeah. opening cinematic and like the opening stuff definitely felt better than how the original Mass Effect starts. Immediately, once the gameplay, you get into the gameplay action of it, felt so much better because it's just a standard oh, third God, person yeah. shooter, the cover shooter, yeah. you know, kind of like a Gears yeah. of War sort of thing. But yeah, the so main, the... yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off. So, but like the big thing about this is Mass Effect One is the Unreal Three engine. Yeah. And I talk, I mentioned last week this game came out twenty seven or twenty seventeen two thousand seven. Gears of War came out in two thousand six. Yeah. That was an Unreal Four kind of a showpiece, really. And I mean, obviously, they can't go and like, oh, we're going to go to a new engine and also redo the entire gameplay structure of this game for Mass Effect One. So jumping from one to two, right? Like, because I literally beat one and went right to two. And like I mean, wasn't even hesitation. Started up, booted up, and it was just like, wow, this is it's it's basically Gears of War gameplay, but then you still have the abilities of your your crewmate with you, and it, they they make the 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 gameplay so much better. Where you actually have to like work with your teammates yep. and with you because you always have two characters with you, and like have them like you can like, you make them like, pick for them to do. You, they can do it like I set up so they can do them on their own, but also I got like. You gotta work with them. You command them to like go here, go there. Yeah. All right. And then you bring up your wheel to like all of like the different uh, abilities you can use, and like have them focus their you know their attacks or focus these special abilities here and there. And it's just like so like everything just flows and makes more sense and works together. Yes, and it actually felt in more way. challenging in terms of the combat, yeah. the normal setting, than as opposed to like just say annoying and cumbersome, like say the combat yeah. from the original Mass Effect. But yeah. at the same time, it's like there's a lot of noteworthy changes with that where it's like you can, instead of like mapping certain buttons or something to press on it, I mean, it's automatically, it's like, okay, if you're Commander Shepard and stuff, if you if you invest inside an incinerator rounds, just press the L1 button. There you go. Equip it onto your, any one of your weapons yeah. and stuff. Fire that. 
also what I love is they don't make it a clear emphasis on like having so many different kinds of weapons at the same time. I mean, for the offshoot, you have like about five different weapons you can choose from. You can interchange a couple of them with things like say like an arc cannon or like grenade launcher or even like uh, you know your like pistols and like hand cannons stuff, whatever. But yeah, the difference between the gameplay right there it's yeah it does play reminiscent of say like a cover based shooter like a gears of war but at the same time the different types of buttons that are mapped you can equip different elements like i said before the incinerary ammo or the cryo ammo or something but the leveling system has also changed to a certain extent because instead of having like 10 different things you had to go through and level at a specific point it just yes, levels up in chunks up. where it's just specific types of like numbers so there's like about four or five, so it's like cut in half, right, for certain things, but it's based upon abilities. So you have the abilities, like the abilities are like different types of web of things that person could definitely use. Like, for example, with my Shepherd and stuff, it's like I have Adrenaline Rush, which I can, which I can like invest a little bit into, but also you have like, the, I think they're like the Commando or the Soldier type of thing you invest yep. into is that, and also it's like the Cryo and whatever type of uh, like disruptor disruptor stuff yeah but, yeah, that, yeah that's definitely like sorry to cut you off that's like the one the one of the bigger things too where yeah like in the first mass effect like you get skill points and you get skill points through all of them but like right you get they just give you like especially with the legendary edition like they just flood you with skill points but like you're just maxing out shit but it's like you really only focus on like two or like you focus there's like only a few things you really care about but you max those out pretty quickly and then it's just like you're just adding points to other shit that you don't care about. One and I this one, it's like, yeah. One thing Go I ahead. did notice is you can actually redo the distri- distribution of those stat points. Yeah. Not yeah. in Mass Effect 1, but you can do it inside Mass Effect 2. Yeah, it costs you like 2,500 element zero and stuff like that, yep. which is really cool. And um, uh, which is a resource that you need. Um, element zero is also like one of the rarest ones. So I, I, yeah. I, I've been pretty picky about what I'm using it on. Uh, but well, yeah, it's like it, you go from like 10 or 12. You know, each character, I think all your side characters have like eight. And like I said, you ma- even those you max out really fast. So it's like you're just picking other shit. So it's like, and that also is a big reason why you're so overpowered later on. If you're like over leveled and just going, with, you have all the best gear and then all your shit's uh, maxed out. Mm. And then in Mass Effect 2, it's like, yeah, you only, I think uh, Shepard only has like five or six. And they're really just like weapon upgrades. Yep. And then all the other characters have four. And that's it. And it's way, it's, it, yeah, so it makes you, like, be more, so you're getting less skill points, and there's less things to worry about. But, but at the same time, less like, is more, because you can actually go yeah. and invest into the specific yeah. type of weapons, but you also, specific type of armor stuff, too. Yeah, but you're, instead of just, like, all right, well, I got 20 fucking skill points to give this person, and I've already maxed out the shit that I care about. I guess I'll just throw a couple here, a couple there, a couple, you're just kind of, like, spreading them out, because you don't care. But this one, like, you actually go, like, you're, like, you're, like, okay, well, I can, I can upgrade this. Or that, so you gotta be like, you gotta be a little more strategic about it, and like think about like, do I just keep maxing out this one, or do I start focusing on other stuff? Like, so like Shepard, I I might think my two things I focus on, I, I upgrade Soldier right away, max that out, and then Incinerary I max out right away. So I'm just fucking lighting everybody on fire, like and killing <laughs> them pretty that quickly. Awesome to yeah, and then Adrenaline is what I'm working on now, but um, yeah, and then like. When you like get their loyalty after you do the loyalty missions, you you unlock a, like a fifth one for them or a fourth one for them. Uh, but yeah, it's like definitely as you start it up, it's like wow, the gameplay is so much better. This this like I think the main story of like the main boss is lesser because you don't have that main guy. Like Saren is such a cool, interesting boss, 
and like everything he's going through. And then with this one, you don't have like you have like a goal. It's all towards like there's a like the, and it's not really a spoilers. It's like the, the whole game is about you're essentially going to a suicide mission. Yep. So the main story is like you're um something happens at the beginning and you're like building up and it's like all right, you need to get a crew together to go and to do like you're going to this place that no one's ever returned from before. Right. And it's like you need to get the crew together to like make sure that you at least solve the mission, but like I said, no one ever comes back from it. So you're like everybody assumes they once they go in there they're gonna die. Yep. Uh, and there's a chance that that could happen. The character you can everybody can die. You can literally lose your entire crew in this. This isn't like fake video game bullshit. Like if you don't do th- things a certain right way or max out things or whatever, people can like you can lose people. Shepard himself can die in this main mission. Um I'll go ahead and carry on. I'm gonna be just out just one moment. All right, Gables is leaving, so it's a Tyler Courtney show, guys. So weird shit's going to happen. I'm going to get naked. Gables can't hear me anymore. So what's cool about this with Mass Effect 2 is, like, you're building up towards mission, so you're finding all these people to add to your crew. Because, like, in the first game, I think you only have, like, five people. And this one, I think, because there's two DLC characters they added later on. So it's kind of fun playing through this again now for the first time. When I, I, I added the, the DLC characters after I beat the game initially, so I never had them in the original game. And then, like, playing through the game and also playing through the DLC and, and during the game is awesome, too, because it's not, like, kind of weird, like, where you beat in this game. And, like, I had some characters die in my original Mass Effect 2 playthrough on the on 360. And so having, and like, all right, cool. So we survived the suicide mission, like, these characters did. And, like, now I'm adding these people. And, like, there's only, it's just really weird with, like, the whole, so it all flows better now playing it while having this, this DLC added in there. Um, but also adding these two characters in there. Um, but that was so cool. Like, you, so you, you you recruit all these characters in this game to join your squad to help you survive this suicide mission. And it's so every character has a loyalty mission. So you want their loyalty. And if you do these missions for them, it raises your chance of them surviving the main mission. Uh, so if they're loyal to you going to that suicide mission, then... You know, yeah, it doesn't guarantee it, but there's a chance that they can survive. And what's cool is like it's basically like everybody's like they want to like it's basically like you know like a lot of people like you know when you like people like unfortunately know they have a chance of like they have cancer or something like that. Like okay, I want to mend some fences here. Uh, there's something I want to like you have a bucket list you want to do, blah blah, blah things like that. Um, it's kind of the same idea with like all these characters where it's like you know it's like oh I didn't there's this you know this. Uh, there's this thing with my father that I want to, I want to solve this. And it's like, you gotta go help him to help this character solve this or, or, um, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, I, I have a son that I basically abandoned. I want to like, make sure I don't want him to like, I want to make sure he's, he's, you know, he's not making bad decisions shit like that. So it's so cool. Like, you know, like building up to like the suicide mission, like you can, like, it's kind of like, like I mentioned breath of the wild before where it's like, you know, Mass Effect 1 in the end where, like, you, you do all these things, you can make the last boss fight way easier. But in Mass Effect 2, it's kind of the same. You can go and do the suicide mission. Essentially, not whenever you want to, but essentially whenever you want. You can only, you can do a third of the of the game, the main the main story stuff, and then go into do the suicide mission. There's a good chance a lot of your characters could die. All of them could die or whatever. But, like, the the the, the best parts of this game is the stuff that is essentially optional but it's like the loyalty missions are really like there's so much more character development like learning these characters because like the best like i said mass effect one has the best i think 
A to B story from what the main like a main protagonist antagonist, mm-hmm. and then also learning about all the Reapers and all the shit going on and building the world. Mass Effect Two, I think, has the best like accumulation of a, of a cast ever. Like I always talk about, like Life is Strange is so great with like all these like great characters in this world, and like this game is like does it over a whole galaxy of like characters. Um, of there's so many cool characters, and like some of them, not all of them are, are some of them are misses, some of them are hits for I think for people. Like there's some like, I don't give a shit about. So even like Mass Effect One, you win five main characters, and everybody always talks about Caden's the worst. Ashley is probably the, like the second worst, and Simon. And everybody else is like tier A, and then everybody else, like Ashley and Caden are like bottom bottom tier. Yeah, that's and this why one they're, they're, like it's why it's so much more refreshing when you open into Mass Effect Two. You have Jacob and Miranda, which are much yeah. better fleshed out characters than the Caden. And oh yeah, were. In the original. Yeah. And it's like you, some of the characters, like, they're so, like, everybody's so different, so intriguing. There's new races inter- introduced to you. Yep. And so it's like, you, you thought you said, like, there's 13 characters, 13 different races in the main game. Then you're, like, introduced, like, four or five, six more. Yeah. Um, And it's so cool, like, learning about, like, what, like, about them. And so it's like, I have all this new shit to learn about. And then I also have a new character to learn about. And there's a fucking loyalty mission for these characters to do. And yeah, like I said, like if you play, the, if you're playing these games right now, like for the first time, it's like you are doing yourself a disservice not to like do the loyalty missions because those are definitely like the the main game itself is so fucking awesome, but the the peak of these games is like the characters and learning about the characters and then doing the side missions about some of these characters. Like Kasumi, who is one of the DLC characters, is really awesome. I really mm-hmm. like her. She was the first character I recruited, and she's a. I, I did the. I recruited her first, and then I immediately went to her, her, her loyalty mission. And she's such an interesting character. Like she's also great in the main game. Like I talked about yep. yes, earlier, where it's like, I when I beat there's two there's two DLC characters that I added to the game after I beat the game because the DLC came out after the game came out, and it's so cool having them now in the main game. It's like because now I can spend more time with them and like do a little more shit with them, talk to them a little bit more, and. And then, like, it's it's not as great as the other characters because they're not, like, more... They're not so as fleshed out as the other characters. But, like, there's definitely... Like, bringing them on the missions with you and, like, interacting with them in the main missions is definitely more entertaining. Like, Kasumi is one of my favorite characters to bring with me on main missions. Um, like, when, like I said, the first time I, I played through the game, she wasn't even a thing. And I, I can't wait to play Mass Effect 3 and have her with me and see how that works out because, like, and see what she does. Because, like, I, like I said, I beat Mass... When I beat Mass Effect 2... I went and played all the DLC a few months before Mass Effect 3 came out. And that stuff didn't, I don't think, carried over to my main game. And I didn't, I, you know, I literally beat the DLC and I forgot about it. So it wasn't like I didn't have this whole, and I, I'm 21 hours in. I beat, it took me 23 hours to beat Mass Effect 1 and 100, basically 100% the game as far as side missions go and main mission. And I'm 21 hours in this and I still have, I haven't done all the DLC yet. I still have a few DLC packs to finish. Um, and I still have, I think, six or seven loyalty missions to do. Uh, like, I have a ways to go. Like, I, I probably, I don't know, maybe probably another 10 hours, 15 hours of this game if I just focus on that stuff um, before I before I finish this game up. And I, I, I think I'm going to take a little bit of a break between two and three. Um, it's funny, like, each of these games playing through this trilogy where it's like, I have my own different, like, idea, like, kind of like a different mission of mine where, like, our different, like, go like, so Mass Effect 1, like, I just want to know if it was going to hold up. That was my concern going to Mass Effect 1. How, how is this going to hold up? Mass Effect 2, was I was, I was just looking forward to playing again because it's one of my favorite games of all time. 
And it's just like, I, I just want to play one of, my, one of the greatest games of all time, but now 4K, 60 frames per second. And Mass Effect 3, I talked about last week, it's like, I barely remember anything about that game. It's like, pieces are coming back to me now as I'm playing through 1 and 2 again. But it's like, I've forgotten most of that game. I can't wait to play through it again and find out maybe if like it's better now than I, I remember playing it or who knows. But like, I think there's going to be a break between 2 and 3. Hmm. Just playing as much Mass Effect as I have. And then also, you know, I don't I don't want to... Uh, Final Fantasy 7 DLC and Ratchet and & Clank come out on the 10th and 11th of June. And it's just like, my, my worry is I don't want to, like, rush 3. I don't want to rush through 2. It's like, it's probably going to take me another week to beat 1 or beat Mass Effect 2. And then it's like, I, gotta, I don't want to, like, fly through Mass Effect 3 in a week and a half or a week. You know, I was like, I want to be able to like give that game its time because that was my problem with three. It was like I flew. Th- I remember that's one thing I do remember is I flew through that game in like a week and a half. And it's like I definitely want to like take my time with it and focus on it. So it's like there's gonna be a break between two and three, um, but for good reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's one of the like I said, it was my game of the generation for that generation. Uh, Mass Effect One was number three on that list uh, for a game of the generation. Last was one was number two on that list. Um, so yeah, uh, it's holding up. It's so great. Uh, man, uh, yeah. Good Gables go. I've, I've been rant- talking about Mass Effect 2 a lot. What, kind of, where are you at with this one so far? Well, let's see. So far, I definitely feel like this game definitely holds up. Mass Effect 2 definitely holds up from back then to now. I'm still having a handful of hours in. All I have right now is... Jacob, Miranda, Garrus, and Morden. I do want to invest a little bit more inside of this game. See where it goes from there. And then, who knows? <laughs> who knows yeah. what's going to be next? Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's incredible. I can't I can't wait to get back to it. Like, t- Sunday is, is going to be... Tomorrow's just going to be a fucking Mass Effect day for me as well. <laughs> um, but I, I think we're going to... I got a little more... A uh, little more to talk about for what we've been playing. But I'm going to save that. I'm going to break it up. We are almost an hour in. And we haven't even gotten to anything else. So, um, and my, my, my other thing, I'll be really quick. Um, so I want to get to some of the news for this week because that's cool with you, Gables. Yep. Um, and if there's anything else you've been playing too, we'll talk about it at the end. Um, I want to start off here um, with, with some news about Starfield. Um, so it's, a big Beth- it's Bethesda's next big game. Um, they announced it at E3 2018. We have, there's been some leaked screenshots a little while ago, but there's not, I looked at them. There's like six screenshots and there's not a lot there. It's literally like a couple like pictures of people looking at walls. It's not a lot. Um, nothing, nothing like right. There's nothing like huge about it. Like I remember when like fallout four, like, like they announced the game, like, like at E3 2015 yeah. and it came out like a few months later, but like, we knew everything about that game before they announced it because yeah. like two years, I remember we talked about it like, Oh, it's in Boston. Oh, there's this, that, and the other thing. We were talking about that like a year and a half in advance. We already like so much leaked about it. It's so fascinating. Uh, very little is leaked about this game, but um, so some stuff that has leaked about this game, it's not even really to do with like the game, what's in the game itself, more about what's going to go on with the business side of the game. Um, so there's been a lot of talk about, you know, is this going to be like, there's been a lot of people saying like, oh, this is probably like, there's some people like beginning of the year, a lot of people are thinking this can be a, uh, a 2021 game for sure. And then like, now it's been like, maybe it's Q1. Now it's a lot of people are saying this is going to be 
2022 sometime. And like, there's some other rumors out there where this, so there's been some rumors there. People have been saying that this game has been done since September and it's just them doing some patches and bug, bug, bug fixing and like try to like do a make good on false. Excuse me. Very burpy right now. Uh, make good on fault 76. Um, Cause the obviously that game was really buggy, especially for a Bethesda game, which those games are extremely buggy. Um, mm-hmm. So buggy, in fact, that Fallout 3 didn't work and also didn't never got the DLC because it couldn't work on there. Um, so anyways, uh, with Mass Effect, uh, or Mass Effect, Jesus Christ, with Microsoft and uh, Bethesda and uh, um, Starfield. So there's been, we've had a lot of discussions when Microsoft bought them. Like, what's the plan with, like, are these going to be cross-console? Are these going to be on everything? Is it going to be, like, is going to be Game Pass Day 1? Are they going to be, like, six months on here and then move on over there maybe so what's coming out now is um so first off with the whole the game's been done last september that sounds like that's rumors based on squash jason schreier jeff grubb a lot of top um, people that have been really good about coming out with like with like breaking news and stuff like that i've been pretty pot like pretty close to batting a thousand on these things um have been saying squashing that rumor immediately and saying no this game is not coming this year Q, Q1 2022 was best case scenario for this thing. Um, but anyways, so coming from this with Microsoft, so it sounds like this game will be a Xbox exclusive, Xbox PC exclusive, be Game Pass day one. So, I mean, this is a big deal. A lot of people were talking about, like, oh, there's no way. They just paid $8 billion, almost $8 billion for this company. They want to make that money back. It's like, you know, they're like they're obviously going to put this in everything. They're going to make a shit ton of money selling this at $70, bucks, 60 bucks a pop on PS5. And... Double dip in there, and then I well, and then also a fuck you to PlayStation by saying you can pay sixty bucks for it over there on PlayStation, or you can just get Game Pass and play it over here for ten bucks. You know, buy an Xbox. So that was like people were talking about it as a marketing tool, but also making that money up on buying it for a PS4, PS5, whatever, because it's probably gonna be in everything. Um, so the rumor, the leaks and rumors right now are saying that this would be a Xbox exclusive. Um, and so I got a little bit, I got an article here. I kind of want to read these bits and pieces of you. So Microsoft has no plans of releasing Bethesda's upcoming space role playing adventure Starfield on Sony's uh, PS5 console. This, that shouldn't be a surprise to many people after Xbox Phil Spencer said in March that Microsoft acquired Bethesda to add exclusives to the game pass. But I, I've separately confirmed this is from Jeff Grubb, by the way, uh, separately confirmed that this situation applies to Starfield through sources familiar with the decision. So it's been kind of like, even when like Phil Spencer was talking about it, it was like, Okay, basically, in a lot of words, said this is like a case by case basis. As far as like, some stuff might come to uh, PS Five, some stuff might come to Switch. Blah blah. So it's like, what does that mean? Like, are we looking at like is like the big AAA stuff going to come to everything? But then like the smaller stuff like Doom or Wolfenstein, things that don't. I mean, they sell a couple of million copies, but they're not going to sell tens of millions of copies. Um, are those ones going to be on? Are those ones going to be on everything? While the small stuff's going to be on. Game Pass. Well, now it sounds like, you know, Starfield's going to be on, only on uh, Game Pass and PC. Uh, I mean, give us what, what's your thoughts about this news with uh, Starfield possibly just being an Xbox exclusive? It wouldn't surprise me at all, only because when it comes to Bethesda's earlier works, and especially in terms of, like, say, the significance of Starfield, having a game that's been that hyped up over the years and stuff and having that much credential thing to where... They want to try to iron out everything in this game before it releases. It's makes sense from Microsoft's standpoint because they want people to play this game day one. 
obviously Game yeah. Pass is the way that they're going with a lot of this stuff. So whether it be on PC or whether it be on like their Xbox systems and stuff, they want people to play it on their systems. And so that's where the exclusivity of them going through and having that, you know, even though they spent a hell of a lot of money just to acquire Bethesda in that regards, having something like that is going to even be even like more an incentive for people to go through and play that through. That's why I kind of feel like with this exclusivity stuff, it makes the most sense with that stuff. That's why I kind of yeah. feel it's more likely that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's just like we always talk about, like what, what's the big key, what's the key difference between PlayStation and Nintendo versus Xbox exclusives. Yep. Everybody buys a switch to play Nintendo games yep. and indie stuff, but mostly Nintendo stuff. PlayStation. I mean, a lot of people it's, it's, it went from being like PS3. A lot of people owned a PS3 to play the exclusives, but then played everything else on Xbox. Now the last PS4 and PS5 generation, everybody just owns the fucking PlayStation because they play the third party and they play the first party stuff on there. Yep. There's more first party stuff. And then also there's like the second party deals that they get too. Um, you know, it's like, that's the big thing. We always talk about like, and we always talk about with Xbox. Like, oh, cool. They're buying, they're buying all these studios. Where's the games at? Like we've been saying when the games hit, it's gonna be crazy. We've been saying that for years now. It's like a couple years now. We're like, when those games start coming, it's gonna be nuts. And we keep saying it over and over again. It's like then they buy Bethesda, and it's like, and we're like, oh well, they're they're you know. If anybody, I mean, it makes sense. If anybody was gonna, if Nintendo or PlayStation bought Bethesda, we wouldn't even be talking about. Well, maybe it might come to Xbox. Maybe it might come to whatever. Like we would just know. Okay, PlayStation bought Bethesda. Everything's just exclusive there now. We wouldn't even talk about it, we wouldn't question it whatever that's just how it is um and this is just smart this for them and you think about it like you know for sony playstation is probably its most product most important part of its company right it's the most profitable it brings it brings in the most money uh it is their number one priority basically for sony with x with xbox that's like Microsoft when they talk about like at, at their like quarterly discussions with the stock market, they barely mention Xbox. Xbox is so far down the line that they don't. I mean, not that they don't care, but it's like they just kind of can do what they want, and no one like the so at, at Q four. So at the end of December of last year, when they when they talked about the the, the last quarter. Of, or the quarter three, technically, of the stock market. But basically, October through December, Microsoft as a whole made almost $9 billion in profit. Profit. Yep. They already made back the money they paid for Bethesda. Yes, they did. In less than three months. Yep. If like, if, if, Nintendo, if Nintendo or PlayStation wanted to buy that, they would need that money. Like, that would, like, sink them. Not sink them, but that would, like, drastically hurt. That would be a huge chunk of... They would probably be in the hole for that for the whole year for for doing that, like and for Microsoft, like that's where they, and that's where Xbox has the advantage. Where it's like they have the most money to spend, and they're so far down the priority list that like they can spend that money. It probably no one would bat an eye about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like pretty much that's the reason why they're buying all these. They're spending all this money on studios because they can get away with it. Um, and like and we talk about Game Pass. They're the only like we talk when PlayStation have Game Pass. PlayStation's probably never have a Game Pass because PlayStation most of the money they make comes from from people buying that most of the money. But a large percent of the games they make, a third of the percentage, I think they talked about it, was like twenty nine, thirty percent of, the, of their game sales are first party games. That's yep. huge for them. They're never going to do a Game Pass. The fact that we got on the PS five the the PlayStation, what's that called the PlayStation Now? 
Well, no, not PlayStation Now, but the what's that PlayStation where there's like 20 games that are only on PS5 oh. if you have PS Plus. Oh, I see that PS4 um, collection. But it's got like, yeah, it's got the, the PlayStation PS Plus collection or something, whatever it's called. But it's got like all the, like, it's crazy they did that. Like, they're never going to sell that shit for $15 a pop a month. Like, we would rather get $70, $70 from each individual person. Uh, it, but it's like game, Xbox can get away with that because there's, they can just, there it's game pass isn't profitable but it's all about just getting like selling that console and getting that getting that console in people's homes yep. like they're selling an xbox series s which i have one at a huge loss just to get those things in the, it's not like you hear about like people like uh, about microsoft wanting to buy discord where it's like they're not gonna like you're never gonna really see a return of profit about that but it's more about just getting more people to use your services you know, the Discord is used by so many millions of people. And like, cool, we'll just have more people under our umbrella if we buy we buy Discord. Obviously, that didn't happen, but that's just the idea about more people using your service. Uh, they, you know, when people want to like, if people always talk about buying Uber or whatever, it's like people like tens, hundreds of million people that use that thing. And that company is not profitable, but someone can see like they have hundreds of millions of customers. We can use that and find a way to tie that into other shit, and that's the way they look at it. Uh, and that's like they can afford to sell Game Pass and not make money on of it. They can afford to buy Bethesda for probably double what it's worth, and and also you know and then just put instead of selling their games at sixty dollars a pop, just put them on Game Pass. Like it's just more about getting people to buy the consoles. And it's, it makes sense. I get it. Do I love the idea? No. I mean, not at all. Like I'd feel that way if Nintendo bottom or fucking PlayStation bottom. It's like, I like making things. So only less, you know, putting one of the biggest game studios on less item on less services sucks. Obviously, like if it, you know, it's Star. I don't give. I'm us. I give zero fucks about Starfield. I don't like Bethesda games. I love Fallout Three back in the day. I didn't. I New Vegas was okay. Fallout Four. I played that game like thirty five hours. But probably enjoyed ten of it. But I just kept playing it for some dumb reason. Um, and obviously, I don't care about Skyrim or. Uh, Fall 76 uh, but it just it makes sense to do it but also when I look at like people keep like oh you know like what about Halo if Halo hits this year like they want to put both those games out at the same time no why would they want to do that like you gotta look at this like kind of how like wait, I look at like what HBO Max is doing this year so they put out God, Godzilla vs. Kong I think it was like mid-February and then Mortal Kombat was supposed to come on HBO Max Day and date with theaters. They put it out in mid-February. And then, like, it was, like, 28 days later, they were putting out Mortal Kombat. They pushed Mortal Kombat back one week to be 35 days. So then people would have to keep HBO Max for another month if they want to watch Mortal Kombat. Like, that's, I mean, is it shitty in a way? Yeah, because they would put a date on But that's just what, that's what services, when they were trying to get you on a monthly service, that's what they do. They, they spread that shit out. You look at, like, Netflix or Hulu. They add shit. Every month, and they spread shit out purposely, big stuff to keep you coming back, and that's just what they're going to do. And you, you look at it like it's just it makes sense. Like, why would the, the two biggest things that Bethesda and Microsoft Halo and the next big Bethesda game? Why would they put them out in the same fucking quarter? Even if one is September, one's November. No, just that, that, yeah. Then I, I could that helps a little bit, but it's like no, you can do Halo in November, and then. Maybe next November, do fucking Starfield, or maybe next May or April, 
do this like six months out bam when people are like oh okay we're kind of like we're down with halo or whatever it's like Here's the next big fucking thing, and then you got death. You got death loop coming out in September. That's a that's a PlayStation exclusive for six months. So that means in February, March, boom, another game you're gonna have to Game Pass. And then you got Ghostwire Tokyo. That game is supposed to come out in October. That's not gonna happen now because death loop got moved from May to September. True. That's probably gonna be an early 2022 game. Put that so that that's gonna come out early 2022. Six month exclusive to the PlayStation. Say that comes out in January, February. Fucking summertime, late late summer, early fall, boom, Game Pass. Then you got Starfield, boom, November. That's the way to do it. That's what they're going to do, more than likely. And this just makes the most sense to me. Like, I, do I love the idea of it? Not necessarily, but I'm also looking at the idea. I have a Series S. So look at, instead of me buying, like, Deathloop is a game I'm keeping an eye on. Ghostwire Tokyo is a game I'm keeping an eye on. Like, I'm, those could be good games. I want to wait and see. But even if they come out and they get rave reviews, it's like, I'm just gonna wait six months to get on a fucking Game Pass. That's like, true. like uh, <laughs> I, I already have Game Pass. It's ten dollars a month instead of me paying sixty dollars or even in like at fucking um, Black Friday buying for thirty or forty bucks. I'll just fucking buy. It. I'll just get on Game Pass. You know, six months from now. I don't know. I just. I some people just make. The, I feel like a lot of people make this more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah, they do. And it's like I look at like how bad Fallout seventy six was. It just makes sense. So like, especially being on Microsoft's umbrella, they're no longer like they they don't have to worry about money at this point. Obviously, they have to worry a little bit. They can't just like we're gonna have a blank check. You know, we can do whatever the fuck we want. But it's like they gotta they gotta put a game on eventually. But it's like this game if this game comes out as buggy as other game as their past Bethesda games are, and comes out any like anywhere near Fallout seventy six levels, they have no excuse anymore. You have Microsoft paying your bills. It's like. They don't give a fuck about what you do at this point for the most part. Like, you can just do what you want and nobody will notice. You have so much money probably coming in. I mean, I'm sure I know, like, I'm not sitting here saying they have a blank check, but obviously there, there's a lot less bullshit they have to worry about, about spending money and make sure a game comes out. Um, that, like, if this game, this game, there's no reason this game should come a comic book. I know it's like, it's the Bethesda charm, but it's like, it's, it's fuck, at this point in time, it's like, it's 2021. Like, fuck off with this shit. The game shouldn't be buggy and broken at this point in time, you know, in this generation. It's a whole generation later. Just put your game out and make sure it fucking works mm-hmm. and don't have any bullshit fucking bro- broken bugs in it. Moving on, Gables, because we are a long ways in this podcast and we barely talked about anything. Uh, so moving on, here's some other topics. Uh, we'll do some quick hitters here. I want to talk about Summer Games Fest. So Jeff Keighley's big thing, not to be confused with Jeff Grubb's Summer Games Mess or E3. We have Summer Games Fest by Jeff Keighley. Um, he's going to have a kickoff event on Thursday, June 10th. So we have E3 June 12th through the 15th. It's very, I, I'm, the, the closer we get to this E3 thing, where we have no updates about anything. We have a Ubisoft forward on June 12th. That's all we know. And that's it. We have no other uh, idea. And then we have some hosts. We have no idea when press conferences are or anything. Um, That's true. It gets more confusing now uh, with Summer Games Fest. <laughs> so Summer Games Fest is going to have a kickoff event on June tw- on June 10th. Um, it'll have dozen, uh, a, more than a dozen world premieres and dozens of game companies will be there. Um, Jeff Keighley will kick off the Summer Game. It reveals with an all-digital free global fan fest with more than 30 publishers, developers, and platforms. Um, and this is, you know, like this is, just kind of talking about this is leading into E3. Uh, he says that he's not working with E3, but he also mentioned that Ubisoft is a part 
of uh, the Game Fest, but also it's part of E3. So E3 and Game Fest are co-streaming the Ubisoft forward. That's a part of E3. I don't fucking understand it, Gables. Uh, so, so the fest will include 2K, Activision, Amazon Games, Indian Pure Interactive, Bandai Namco, Battlestate Games, Blizzard Entertainment, Capcom, Developer, Digital, Dotamu, Electric, EA, Epic Games, Finju, Frontier, Gearbox, uh, High Res, Intersloth, Co- Coach or Cock Media, PlayStation, Psionics, Raw Fury, Riot Games, Sa- Saber Interactive, Sega Steam, I don't know what the fuck that is, Square Enix, Tribeca Festival, Tencent Games, Warner Brothers, Ubisoft, Wizards of the Coast, and Xbox. So it's funny. So EA plays on Ju- July 22nd. The EA play is not technically part of Summer Game Fest, but they announced that Summer Ga- that they're going to be part of Summer Game Fest. Hmm. I am so confused about this game. So it's basically going to be like a live stream thing. We don't really know how it's going to work out as far as like, it's just like going to be a live thing. Is it, Well, it is live. It's called Kickoff Live. But how it's going to work out is like, there's going to be some probably, I look at, I might just going to be like that. We had the, the Gamescom thing last year that Jeff Keighley did where like he interviews people and does some, does some announcements, but like places is going to be at it. Nintendo is supposed to, I think supposed to be a part of it. Oh no, Nintendo is not a part of it. I'm sorry. Um, but I don't know. Gables. I feel like the closer we get to E3 and it's, it's literally three weeks away. Yep. And like I said, we have no information besides Ubisoft forward, but now we find out summer game fest is also, uh, broadcasting Ubisoft forward as part of their thing. I don't, I don't know what's happening. I feel like if we're recording, we're episode, we're recording episode four thirty next Saturday. Mm-hmm. If we don't have a list with times and dates for directs and presentations, I don't know what this thing's going to be. Is this going to be like a twelve hour event with some interviews oh. every day, and then like we're going to get some <laughs> game announcements here in between, and like whatever, kind of like they always do, like the E three live stuff, and they just sit down on the cat like. But obviously not in person, but like, you know, well, they sit on the couch in person, like on this on the E3 stage show and just talk to developers and like, oh, here's some more details about this game. Is it just going to be that? Is we gonna, are we going to have individual shows? Like no one specifically said what this is. We, we all just assumed when we heard E3 is coming back and it's from the 12th to the 15th. Oh, we're going to have an Xbox presentation. We're going to have a Bethesda presentation. We're going to have a Nintendo. We're going to have a Ubisoft. We're going to have this and that. And it's like. Maybe we all put the cart for the horse, and like, I don't know. I mean, maybe by Monday, th- this will all be a mute point. I don't know, but I feel like, I mean, it's it's May twenty second right now. Mm-hmm. It starts on June twelfth. We are three weeks away. Yeah, yeah, we are. We should probably we should probably start like. I mean, I know it's not gonna be in person, so don't have to worry about selling tickets or anything like that. But it's like, we should probably start dropping some details. I don't know. Where are you at with this whole Summer Game Fest, Summer Games Fest, E3 shit? I'll be perfectly honest with you, and I'll be perfectly blunt. I don't care how they organize it, as long as they showcase a lot of the games. I don't care if it's like a 12-hour event or if it's just like in chunks of like two at a time and stuff across a week. At the same time, when it does happen, I'll be excited to see what comes from it. Yeah. I would I, I I personally hope that we get the, like the the presentation direct style stuff, just that way I know when to look forward to stuff and what to look forward to is like, like but I yeah I, I just I don't know I don't know where, where we're at with this, but uh, moving on I want to move on to some Nintendo stuff here Gables. Okay. You like you like Earthbound right? Yeah. You like uh, um, 
Super Mario RPG, right? Yep. Well, I got some shitty news for you, Gables. They are not coming to Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, but these five <laughs> games are. Uh, we have... We have <laughs> and you tied in the fucking Switch releases. Yeah, I did. Uh, so, uh, Joe and Mac, all, a.k.a. Cave, Caveman Ninja, Magical Drop 2, Super Baseball Simulator 1000? 1.000? And Spanky's Quest uh, are coming to the SNES uh, online. And then also in for the NES, Ninja Jajarumura-kun, which was a Japanese-only game, is now coming to NES online. Which also that Ninja Jajarumura-kun is eligible for Game of the Year this year. Oh, that's right, because that game has never been released in the U.S. before, huh? Yeah. yeah. So just like Star Fox Two was a few years ago, and Pick, uh, Mario Picross Pick was last year, eligible for Game of the Year. Um, Gables, how wet are your panties right now? Read, after I read Ninja Jaja Muru-kun. Okay. I know you're not going to get this answer that you're hoping to expect, but I actually do kind of like a couple of the games that was released in this one. Is it is it Joe and Mac? Well, yeah, Joe and Mac is one of the games because that's a game I used to play as a kid. You know, because that was a fun platformer. It was definitely different than, like, say, the arcade. And, like, there was, like, an arcade. I think there was, like, some other release that Ada East had at the time. But I did like playing the Super Nintendo version of it because it was an off chance, a random pickup that I made at a pawn shop, pretty much. It was just back, like, when I was seven, eight years old or something. And my dad and I went to this one random store one random pawn shop, and that was one of the used games. It was either that or a couple of the budget games. It's another copy of Super Mario World, which I already had fucking Super Mario World. So it's like, okay, let's yeah, try Joe me. and Mac. And I ended up enjoying that a lot. <laughs> that and Magical Drop 2 are actually, that's a looks like a fairly decent puzzle game. I mean, I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but at the same time, I like those two releases. You know, those are definitely something I would go through and play. And besides... Yeah, I don't know why, but it feels like any time I play like a new Super Nintendo game is always a fucking treat because that's one of my favorite mm. systems of all time. <laughs> yeah. So, fun fact also, Magical Drop 2, also eligible for Game of the Year this year because it yep. never came to Japan or never came to America. All right. So, Gables, what's your, what are you looking forward to more? Super Baseball Simulator or Spanky Quest? Oh, God. Well, you know I what? just wanted to make a Tommy Boy joke there. Sorry. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, man. That that simulator baseball does not look good at all. If they had like the license to go through and like had uh, release super bases loaded, I would probably play that more so because I like that game. That's a baseball game I actually did play <laughs> on the Super Nintendo. I didn't play Ken Griffey's stuff because, well, I didn't want to play anything with Ken Griffey on it. But at the same wow. time. <laughs> <laughs> what I would rather play between those two games is probably Spanky's Quest. Even though if it is like a stupid, like, average platformer. <laughs> I just love the name. Well, God, oh, the 90s. We were so clean back then. Now, as for the NES game, like like Ninja Jajamaru-kun, I mean, it's like... I... No, 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 Gables, you, you gotta say it like I said what? it. Let me pull it back up here so I can read it properly. Ninja Jajamuru-kun. 
That's the proper <laughs> way to pronounce it. I feel like it's like when I try to say Puyo Puyo Tetris when I couldn't I can't stop. It just so feels like that your mind just can't process and you have to slow yeah. it down so it would just constantly don't go into <laughs> My mind can say it but my lips can't do it. <laughs> oh man, this is like I had that same conversation with my ex. Oh, but not God. about talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't know why. Okay, moving on. All right. Uh, so speaking with the, speaking of Nintendo for a thousand here, Gable, you looking forward to Skyward Sword HD, right? Yeah, actually, I am. Do you want to fast travel in that game? Well, fuck you. You got to buy a twenty-five dollar amiibo. <laughs> oh yes, I heard about that. Yeah, that's a fucking stupid ass shit, dude. Tying a game feature to an amiibo. Which they've done stuff like that before, though. Yeah, it's funny when I was like, I was reading people like talking about it. It's like, well, they've done it before. I'm like, that doesn't make it okay. Yeah, it's like absolutely it doesn't make it okay. It's like when Battlefront Star Wars Battlefront Two came out. I was like, well, like yeah, they they'll see that's their their Dropbox stuff is bad, but they've done it before. That doesn't mean it's okay. Doesn't make it any better than Charles Manson. Yeah, he didn't technically kill anybody. He just sent people to kill people. Is all. That still doesn't make it okay. <laughs> Obviously, two different things, but not big difference. DLC, killing, sending people to kill other people, not like like they're like one step apart for sure. I'm like six beers in. I'm a little drunk. I'm not gonna lie to you, Gables. Um, living up to the name of the podcast. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, so the Loftwing Amiibo is coming to uh, uh, to everybody on July 16th. Well, not everybody. It's super hard to find. Gables, if, if you want one, I have three of them pre-ordered. Really. Yes, I, I got one for Justin, one for me, and then if you want the third one, I'll send it to you. Oh, fuck, dude. All right. Yeah, that sounds good to All me. All right, cool. Cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll sell it to you for $600. Oh, fuck. Is that what they're <laughs> fucking going for? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I can look it up. I, I'll just I'll just send it to you. No, man, fuck. but man, seriously, man, I would appreciate that. I love my Zelda yeah, no, Amiibos. No problem. I'll, I'll take I'll, I'll take monthly payments of fifty nine ninety nine for the rest oh, of your life. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just send it to you. I'll just change. I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll change. This. Just send me your your address and I'll, I'll send it to you and then post it online. Yeah. No. Problem. Uh, well, wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't catch that last one. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I don't know what's randomly happening. Randomly on Facebook or some shit or something like that. It's like this is his address and stuff. And I was like, why am I getting fucking Boonte? Like, like stuff. Why are all these why are all these boys in my yard? I don't understand it. I'm not even drinking a milkshake. <laughs> all right, we gotta we gotta move on. Okay. We got like two hours in. I don't know what's happening anymore. I don't care. Who cares? Uh, so Katy Perry already killed the podcast. So, anyways, uh, so we're getting for Skyward Sword. We're getting the uh, that game's coming out July 16th. HE remaster of all. We already know about that. Uh, now they announced that the Loftwing Amiibo, which looks actually really, 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 really cool. I actually like it. I don't even know if I'm going to buy the game, but I have the the nun the nunchucks the Joy Joy Cons pre-ordered and also awesome. three Amiibos, so Amiibo uh, pre-ordered. But anyway, so the big hubbub about this one is that the from what I understand, I never played the game. I, I played all the other Zelda games. This is the only Zelda game I've ever beaten. I only played like an um, hour of the game. <laughs> okay, so you're 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 stronger than I. Um, <laughs> I remember with Justin, he's like, I beat the game, and then I immediately started the game, and I beat the game again. You have problems. You probably should, talk to you. You should probably talk to a therapist. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so the Loftwing uh, Amiibo is going to make it so you can, like, 
because from what I understand, a lot of people are saying there's a lot of. I mean, this has always been like the most, like, talked about game as far as like, um, you know, like is, is it like people love it or they just don't like it? There's there's not really much of a middle ground, and a lot the big issue people talk about is the backtracking in this game, which. A lot of games have it. Zelda games, especially especially older games, a lot of backtracking. I guess this one's really bad, and there's like a lot of the fast travel is pretty bad. This one will let you, um, excuse me, you can use the amiibo to. Oh man, very burpy. I apologize. I'm just gonna read the sentence here from Nintendo Life. Uh, Once you are done flying through the the clouds or visiting Skyloft, you can use a Zelda um, Loftwing amiibo again to return to the spot on the surface you were previously used used at. So you can basically wherever you are in the map. Use that to fast travel where you want to go, and then use it again to go back to where you just were. Mm. So it saves you a lot of time of backtracking. Um, so yeah, it's, I wish I heard it, uh, people love that. And someone said this. I thought that really phrased this really real. I've heard a few people say this actually on like Twitter, and people talk about because I was kind of curious what the thought of it was online. Once you scroll through all the racist stuff, you you find some good points in between there. Um, that's the internet for you though. Uh, but people were saying, like, comparing this to, like, so when Wind Waker HD came out for the Wii U, they put the they put the faster sail in there. Yeah. So you can, and it was just a part of the game because this is this is pre Amiibo, and someone said, like, a lot of people are saying, like, this is like if they put this hard to find overpriced piece of plastic out there in the wild, you had to, and that was the only, like, and you had to use that to get the faster sail. I'm like, oh, that's a good point. You know, it's like instead of just putting that in the game, this is a cool. Like the fast travel thing, this is just like what we were talking about, like the the issues with us playing Mass Effect again, where some stuff just doesn't play well 14 years later. And, you know, you're talking about this is a thing that is like, this is a basic quality of life thing that we should just be in a game like this. And it's like they're doing a lot of work to this game. This this is a Wii game that they're bringing on, so now you can play with a controller for the first time. Yeah. And it's HD. They're doing a lot of work to it. And it's like you look at like what they did with like, Wind Waker HD, where they totally fixed the the end of that game. Um, I'm I'm I know they've done some other shit before, and it's kind of shitty what they've done before. Like I remember, like I think Samus Returns, you had to buy a certain Samus amiibo to unlock uh, the hardest like a, a difficulty level. Yes, and some like you get like extra right. you get extra like rockets or something like that. Uh, there's been other stuff like um, I think like there there's the wolf from Twilight Princess. Yep, that but. That you that you got something with that, and also you can bring the wolf into Breath of the Wild, which whatever that didn't really do a lot. But the wolf actually in the in Twilight Princess unlocked a brand new like uh, temple or a dungeon. But the, at least the wolf came packaged with the main game. Yeah, it did. And it was sixty dollars when it came out. Yep. This is going to be a sixty dollars game for a game that was fifty dollars in two thousand ten, and also you have to buy a twenty five dollar piece of plastic that's gonna be super hard to find but somehow i got three of them coming um i guess got very lucky i got very lucky warrior 64 you are a, a a god amongst nerds um anyways gills kind of you know you're the more nintendo guy than i am what, what's your thoughts on all on on this news i think that's bullshit that they tie it into the freaking like uh amiibo thing i didn't like it when they did it with samus's returns and stuff like that with uh samus amiibo Specifically, locking away a difficulty setting behind a pretty much a paywall in regard to that whole amiibo figure. I do not like it here either for tying in a feature that a lot of Zelda fans, even from that game from back then, 
Yep. You know, also, Gables does not like green eggs and ham. <laughs> I mean, we're just talking about things we don't like. I thought I'd mention that one. Go ahead, though. <laughs> but yet, at the same time, it's like I don't like the idea that you're going to be tying a feature that was sorely needed from the original release of that game instead of a $25 Amiibo figure because you just want to push out an extra, like, you know, like an extra thing for somebody to buy and stuff. So instead of like spending $60 just for the game and stuff and have that feature in there, you got to pay roughly. What what was it like about eighty no ninety five or something like that dollars close to a hundred dollars and stuff in order to get the full experience of that game eighty five but if you want the uh, um, the uh, Joy Cons one hundred sixty five that is actually pretty true too which when when Twilight Princess or Twilight Princess when was God damn it I'm just gonna say every Zelda game until I get to that one I'm talking Skyward Sword Jesus Christ when that game came out someone also mentioned that for seventy dollars. You could have bought that game and also got the gold Wiimote. That's very true, too. Just saying. That's very saying. true, too. And fun Good fact, user. I still have my gold Wiimote that I bought used at GameStop. And because of the Club Nintendo stuff from back then, I actually have a gold Joy-Con. <laughs> yeah. He actually surgically removed his penis no and also and got, got the gold uh, Wii controller as now, as now his penis. <laughs> so, ladies... After I post his his address online, go over there. Uh, Go over there. He even has a still has a blue light, still works. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Anyways, yeah, that that one. I I just whatever. We got. I don't even know if I want to bring. How how far? Where are we at in time? No, no. Gables, I'll bring it. I'll ask you. Do you want to talk about time splitters? Mm, Time splitters is something we could probably save for like next week or something. Okay. We probably won't talk about it next week. Well, who knows? If there's no news and we bring it up, or if we talk about it next week, that means there's no news next week. That's 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 why it's going to be there. But um, let's just move on. So that's it for the news then. Um, I just want to talk about a game real quick that I've also been playing. I only played maybe an hour, hour and a half of it. Just came out yesterday. Game I mentioned last week, Knockout City. Oh, really? This game is fucking cool as hell. Really? I'm getting some major Splatoon vibes as far as... You're not squids. You're not kids, but you're you are a guy that dresses like he's in the fifties, has a car that's like in the fifties, but floats. It's it flies. The flying car. It's this weird like futuristic fifties game. It huh. reminds me of like Back to the Future two, okay. in a way. But you're playing dodgeball. Um, so this is the game I talked about last week. So it came out on Friday, but the first ten days is free to play for everybody. And it's got cross-play amongst all the consoles. Uh, But you can play it free-to-play on all the consoles for 10 days through the rest of May. Um, But it's also on Game Pass. If you have Game Pass or EA Play, it's on there for free. Well, free. Um, But I've been playing playing on my Xbox Series S. I downloaded it yesterday. played a handful of games yesterday. played a few more today. Just trying to break up some of that Mass Effect um, in there. And I'm really having a lot of fun with this game. It is... So there's there's a few different game modes. There's like... uh, there's the, the the main mode is three v three, and you have to hit. So everybody has you have two hearts, um, so you get hit once and then you, get, like, you basically get hit twice and you die. Or if you fall off a ledge, you die. And it's the first person to ten. First person to get ten KOs, and um, there's so and there's different like so it's, it's basically dodgeball, and go around, there's run around these maps. Each map there's different maps and each there's different type of dodgeballs. So most of them are main dodgeballs, but then there's like the sniper dodgeball that like 
you can hit somebody from far away or there's the one that like as soon as you pick it up it's like a, a it's like a uh when it blows up and it there's a timer on it and it beeps faster and faster you gotta throw it and it sticks to something or you can throw it at somebody and hit them with it but it blows up and it can it'll hurt you or anybody else in the area even your own teammates um there's a few other ones too i found there's a multi-ball where you pick it up and it's kind of like in in, in uh, mario kart when you get like you pick right. up a turtle shell with three turtle shells but you have three dodgeballs and it's really cool where like you can like if someone th- like you can like hold the r the r2 down or rt down whatever it is and the longer you hold down the like the faster it's going to go and the harder it is because you can catch it once they throw it at you right but you got time it just right you can catch it you can throw it back at them but when you hold like the, the longer you hold it down for you can max it out and it throws it faster at them but if someone tar- and you, it'll target people too when you hold it down as well and if someone targets you like the, like this weird like red border around your screen that kind of tells you you're being targeted so like you you see that red border? Oh, I gotta, I gotta turn. I gotta look around and find that person real fast because you got. I mean, it's not like you get like you don't got thirty seconds. You got a couple seconds to like figure out where they're at, and then you gotta time that just right to catch it. And if you catch it, you don't get hurt. If, you, if it hits you, then obviously you lose a heart. Um, but yeah, I'm having a fucking blast with this game. I'm not, like, and part of the reason like it reminds me of Splatoon maybe in a ways is um, when Splatoon first came out, like the online, I was a king on that fucking game. That first like few weeks it was out, I was always top one or two in that game. And I'm doing really I've haven't got I've got one MVP, which you know, that means you've got the highest score. But also like but I'm always like doing really, really well. My my KD or whatever you want to call it ratio is always pretty high. Uh for you know, I I'm 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 bad at games online. I'm not a good gamer. I I, I don't I, I play too many games. There's too many different games that focus on one game to get good at one game other than Madden. And it's like I'm going in this, and like I'm playing really well. Who knows? In two weeks, probably won't be the case, but I'm enjoying <laughs> it right now. Um, yeah, like I said, it's free to play everywhere. It's even when, when it does come out, it's only twenty bucks. But man, this game is it's it's, it's really fun. And it's like they have some, there's some Fortnite stuff to it, where like there's a bunch of different gear, and you unlock they have the season passes and stuff like that, which kind of sucks. And one way I kind of wish this was a free to play thing, really, because like it really is built like a Fortnite style, where or like Call of Duty uh, was that uh, Warzone. Um, where it's just, you know, there's season, there's seasons and you got level one through a hundred and every so often, I don't know how long the seasons are, uh, but you like, every time you hit a new level, you unlock new gear or you unlock an energy drink that gives you extra eight XP for a certain amount of time. Um, so on and so forth. But yeah, like and you just customer character, just like you were in a Fortnite or whatever. Um, you don't get like any stat boost or anything like that, but yeah, I think it's only like four or five levels, but I mean, like it just, like I said, it just came out. It's playing really well online. Uh, it, it's got a very cartoony, Fortnite-style graphics as well. Um, but like I mentioned last week, I, feel, I love the idea of the whole be free-to-play for 10 days. Uh, and then also coming on Game Pass. Or really, it just comes on EA Play, but also Game Pass because right. of that. Um, just gives it more of a chance. When we talk about, like, was that Rocket Arena last year? Where it's just That game came out for 30 bucks. Nobody gave a fuck about the thing. And literally within days, was like they were trying to sell it for $10. Yep. Uh, just trying to get people to buy it, and, and just no one cared. Um, this game, I feel like, has a real shot of, like, am I, is it going to be the next Rocket League or anything like that? I don't think so. Who knows? Like, maybe in a couple weeks we'll forget about it, or a month from now, or six months from now we'll forget about it. But right now, like, it is a really good, really good fun play game to play. Like, I, I want to get some friends together, especially during this free-to-play session, mm-hmm. where you all have 10 days and, like, just jump on a play. The only thing that sucks is have cross-progression, which sucks. Uh-huh. But, um... Which whatever I like, I'm like level six right now on, um, on the game. Which 
in Super Hive, I think I played like I don't know, maybe ten games. And the games aren't super long either. It's like like I said, like the like the main game so there's like there's a face off one where it's one v one, which I did a couple games of that. It's okay. Um and there's a couple there's another one that's kinda like kill confirmed where you got once you knock the guy out, you gotta go pick up something to like confirm that you knocked him out. Um but like the main game like I said, it's three v three. Um first one to get ten knockouts wins and um you do best two out of three. So first one to win two games wins. Uh, but it's, it's been a blast so far. I, I'm like I said, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, like I said, if you have Game Pass or if you just have a console, just download it. It's on everything. It's it's PC, Epic Game Store, all the cons, all the all the. I don't know if it's on Switch, honestly. No, it's but it's on. If you have an Xbox, a PlayStation, or a computer, download this game now. You got you got to the rest of the month to play it. It's, it's a lot of fun. But that, that's all I've been playing. Gables, have you been playing anything else? Nope. Nope. Okay. All right. Well then. Um, that will wrap it up for us this week. We actually, in the end, did pretty good on time. Wow. I thought was, I was worried. We just spent an hour on Mass Effect. It was going to be like a two-hour show. Um, but yeah. Um, still working on getting us on Apple Podcasts, guys. Uh, I need to look into that and figure out. It's been, cause it's been a few weeks now. Why we're not on there? Uh, but still working on all that. But we're on a lot of other things now. Uh, Spotify, uh, uh, Google, um, basically everything but Apple Podcasts. We're on them. Uh, YouTube, Twitch, like, join, subscribe, follow, five stars, shares. Um, all those things really help us out a lot. So I really appreciate if you did those for us um, as we're kind of like restarting this podcast after our uh, feed got uh, canned at the, at the end of last month. Um, so really would appreciate you guys helping us with that. Um, but yeah, uh, I was host, I was Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gables. Until next time, everyone, play some Mass Effect. Please, please, please. And also Gables. Yep. Sweet man. Bye guys. See ya.